I've been to interesting parties during my life in different locations. From the Italian wine house parties during university, the cool rooftops in New York when you can see all the beautiful skyline, the tiny, tiny clubs in Tokyo where you usually are underground, there's some super fancy places here in Dubai, and the absolute mad ones in Lebanon. The vibe can be different, the dynamics are different, the people are definitely different but there is one thing that they have in common when you get out of the party you're absolutely starving My name is Rita and this is another episode of Foodies Out There, your unusual food podcast. Last week we talked about some of the weirdest coffees around the world and we discovered that we're not the only ones that are absolutely dependent on the drink. Today I will share with you what people eat after they went clubbing in different parts of the world with some interesting twists. Now back to the story. I still remember the first time I went on a club. I was 16 and I was in New York visiting my family there. It was St. Patrick's Day, so my cousin was super excited because it was my first time going out on a club and she decided that I had to try every single club in the city. I was underage, so I couldn't drink, which was a little bit of annoying, but oh well, I was in New York City with all the cool kids dressed in green with a lot of accessories, like really weird accessories. And I honestly look like a leprechaun, which is not acceptable 364 days per year, but it was that day, hopefully. I'm a little leprechaun dressed in green tiniest man that you have seen if you ever catch me so it's told i'll give you my big pot of gold so yeah we went out clubbing and it was something like 4 p.m uh, we danced they drank i tasted just a tiny sip of a drink called cinnamon bomb that made me cough for something like half an hour. Then we change club, we dance, and so on and so on and so on until 4 a.m. Yes, my first clubbing experience lasted for 12 hours, and I forgot to tell you one important thing. It was also my first time putting on heels. So for the ladies out there, the ladies, foodies, ladies out there, I'm sure that you get me. When I say that I was absolutely dying and every step was a pain. Just, it was just my poor decision making that time. So we finally stopped clubbing at 4 a.m. We were in Brooklyn at that point, uh, which is south of Manhattan. And let's say that not everyone was in the best condition. 
I obviously wasn't drunk, but I felt dizzy anyways because it was in pain and I was tired and I also was really happy and who together was like a killer mix. And we were all starving. And yeah, also the people that couldn't even stand up, I'm, I'm sure they were starving too. That night, guys, I had the best hot dog of my life. Because when you are out in New York City and you see the little stand for hot dogs, you don't even think about the fact that probably the meat is boiling for something like 10 days. That then you're gonna put four different sauces in the bun and you're gonna make a mess on your dress. You just eat that hot dog and you're gonna love that hot dog. Hot dog stands in New York City, they are a symbol of the city itself. I mean, they also have their own Wikipedia page if you look for hot dog carts. And they have been around for quite a while and there's a long waiting list too if you want to get the license. At the moment, the registered stalls are 3,100, but there are a lot that have been on the waiting list for something like 20 years. 20 years! And the first one appeared in 1915 in Coney Island, when a guy called Nathan, 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 used to sell hot dogs for only 0.05 dollars per piece, which is nothing, basically. And by the time of the Great Depression, they just spread up across the nation and everyone loved them and still loved them. Even President Roosevelt, the one that we saw that was drinking 16 cups of coffee per day, famously served hot dogs to the visiting George VI, the King of England. When you get out of a club, especially if you're a little bit tipsy, you're never gonna be like, mm, I really feel like having fresh lettuce leaves with cherry tomatoes on top and a little bit of olive oil. No, you're more like, oh my God, I'm starving. Give me something fat but tasty at the same time that I will absolutely regret having tomorrow, but at least will make me happy and satisfied now. So usually the after club food consists in carbs, fried stuff, juicy things. And this is why I was really surprised when my Turkish friends show me what they eat after a club in Istanbul. When I went to Turkey, I stayed in Istanbul for just a couple of days, since the focus of my trip was more on Cappadocia. If you never heard of that place, please go and check it out. It's the one that you see in social media where hundreds of hot air balloons are flying up in the sky and bloggers are taking flawless pictures standing on the hill. And for your information, they are flying from 3.30 in the morning to 5.30 in the morning or stuff like that. So now we need to show real appreciation for all the photographers out there. So just because I stay just a couple of days, I work so much during the day squeezing everything that I could see and running around and being like a sponge that absorbs every information possible. I didn't really go clubbing there. So I didn't experience these things yet. But coming back home after dinner, I saw a lot of stalls selling mussels down the street. 
and I was wondering why the hell they weren't selling sandwiches like every normal stall in the world. Because no, Turkish people eat mussels after clubbing. They are just another level. So talking to my friend, he confirmed that this is actually a real after club meal. But he also told me that there's another one which is really a thing and honestly I didn't expect it. A soup. Now, uh, this is our WhatsApp conversation. Me. What do Turkish people eat when they come out of a party? And he said, it really depends. Can be mussels, a hamburger called wet burger, karlocek, manti, or a soup. And he said, soup after a party doesn't make you throw up? Him. It's a disgusting soup anyways, but it tasted so good. And then he just typed garlic vinegar and then like a lot of garlic. And me, so garlic vinegar soup or something else in the soup? And he said, nah, those are just additional. It's called iskembe. And with this, I think he was like, Rita, leave me alone and just look at it in the internet, please. Made of cow's stomach. And I said, because why not? And he replied, you put garlic additionally and maybe vinegar. You know, not all like vinegar. I think vinegar is the last problem on this soup that people maybe would not like. And of course, I left him alone and looked for the soup. 90% of the articles were in Turkish, so thank you, not thank you. But the few ones that were in English and weren't just a recipe called the soup the perfect remedy for a night in which you drank too much rake. Rake is a traditional Turkish alcoholic drink and it totally deserves another episode. Iskembe, so the soup, I think that's the pronunciation, I'm trying my best, it does not look bad on all the pictures. I mean, it has the same color of, the, of a chickpea soup. Okay, with, still with pieces of cow stomach, but still. I couldn't find anything about his story. Just an article that said that the guy that wrote the, the article tasted it in 1980. So at least that's more than 40 years, for sure. But probably it's like from 2000 years ago or something like that. The only problem with the soup is... Let's say the strong smell. Can be the cow, can be the like a lot of garlic situation, can be the vinegar. So people are reluctant cooking it by themselves because of this reason. However, there is a remedy of at least for the tripe. When you're preparing it, you should get rid of the water and the foam after 10 minutes that you're cooking it and then cook it again. I know you guys will prepare a tribe a lot of times in your life, so you're welcome. One of the nicest things about living in Dubai is that it's a cultural melpot. You get to know people from all around the world, therefore you learn a lot and your mind get a great opportunity to open up. I was having lunch with my Filipino friend like a roommate in a nice bagel place and of course I asked her about partying in the Philippines. We're going together in a few months anyways 
but I really wanted to know something in advance so I can start streaming. She told me that she was not a party animal while she was living there, but that she used to eat barbecued chicken intestines at night. Again, different parts of the world, guys. How amazing is this? But she really didn't know more. And we noticed that one of the waitresses was Filipina too. And she was really, really nice to us. So we just asked her. She told us that no, chicken intestines are not really used as an after-party food, but they are amazing while you're partying. And after that, they also eat soup. So guys, eating or, or drinking soup, how do, you, what, how do you say when it comes to soup? It's a thing when you're drunk. Then she also started giving us advices on where to go partying in the Philippines and what to drink the day after because girls, you want something really, really, really cold in the morning. But this is another story and we will deep dive when we will come back from that trip. If I have to be completely honest, I can handle having chicken intestines, cow stomach and other similar stuff without being totally disgusted by it. I mean, when you take away from your mind what exactly you're eating and you focus on the taste, it's actually pretty nice. And oh dear, I'm sorry for any vegetarian which is listening to this episode. Hold on, please. I'm not only going to talk about weird animal parts, I, I promise. And I was saying, strange things can be really good, while apparently some simple things can be quite disappointing. But no, not even disappointing. It's just like, I don't know, it's just really bad. I'm talking about the ultimate hangover cure. The one food which seemed to be the number one out of all in the world. I put a poll on Instagram and out of the 150 respondents, 63% know it, but only 22% like the taste. The majority of these food lovers are Australians and New Zealanders, and they actually eat it for breakfast or late night, for, for what I know, of course. I tried it late night, and when I legitimately asked, what is this in Sydney, they tried to explain it to me like this. It's like a brown spread, you put it on toasted bread. Americans have peanut butter and we have Vegemite. So I mean, it doesn't seem bad at all. Peanut butter, it's quite good. Of course, you can like it or not, but it's a pretty basic food. And so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm so hungry and you guys seem all to love it. So I'm down for it. Let's try Vegemite, yay. Man, I didn't know what I was waiting for me. I couldn't know. Let's firstly understand what Vegemite is. It is made from leftovers brewer's yeast extract, plus various vegetables and spices. The brown color is not the peanut butter one. It's in fact very, very dark, almost black, I would say. And the taste is... Salty. It is just extremely salty. And this is why if you didn't grow up with this, you can't just eat the toast like a normal one. Actually, if you Google how to eat Vegemite, you will find a lot of articles explaining it step by step. 
And the first point most of the time is do not eat it alone. Trust me, the taste will be too much if you're not used to it. Then you have to spread a teeny tiny amount of it on the toast, usually on top of a layer of butter or margarine. Then you take a bite and then you drink water because you will need it, especially for the first time. Trust me. Vegemite is so big in Australia that they produce 23 million jars every year. It's like 235 per minute. And you will find it in almost every pantry on the country. Something like 9 out of 10 pantries. So kids really love it and Australians grow up with that. And I'm not surprised that they love it so much. It's really part of their culture. And Vegemite is almost 100 years old, but it became big right before the World War II. This is because doctors actually realized how high in vitamin B the product is, and they started prescribing it. Well, the manufacturing company also gained an official product endorsement from the British Medical Association, but okay. But then the demand was so high, Australians love it so much, the Vegemite had to be rationed in the country, especially during the war. And taking into account also the armed force demand, my God, it's, it was big. So yeah, maybe because I'm not Australian, or maybe it's just a matter of getting used to it, but I really, 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 really didn't like it. But I have to admit, I'm still happy that I tried such a unique taste. Almost happy like the Australian kids singing the happy little Vegemite jingle decided to be on the radio in 1952 and it's still there. We're happy little Vegemites as bright as bright can be. We all enjoy our Vegemite for breakfast, lunch and tea. Our mummies say we're growing stronger every single week because we love our Vegemite. We all adore our Vegemite. It was a has their way of eating Vegemite, even straight from the jar. But there's one thing we all agree on, we love our Vegemite. It will be stuck in my head, and probably your head, for quite a while now. So I'm sorry for that, but you had to know. And with this song, it comes the end of the third episode. Thank you very, very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, you can leave me a review or some stars in Apple Podcasts that would truly help me. Or you can share this podcast with your friend if you're listening to Spotify or another platform. In case you have any question or suggestion, you can reach out on the Instagram page at Foodies Out There, which is still pretty new, but I'm filling it up. Or in my personal Instagram account at Just a Foodie, with the dots between the words because Just a Foodie was already taken. Thank you very much again and see you next week.